The powers of the universe had brought three malevolent minds together to form an unorthodox alliance. Through the marvels of technology and by the power of Craig, you have found them. First, there's Cat. Holds the powers of dark knowledge, horror movies, and too much true crime. And then there's Keller. With dominion over the bot Craig, she wields control over technological forces and has possession of the sacred written word. And then there's me, Dick, the keeper of the ancient films and knower of all facts that are fun. And together with their powers combined, they are the Clip Critics. Okay, you better be because now he's here. Good morning. Good morning. Right off the bat, we have a conundrum because Cat couldn't find the movie. Let me me tell. Let me tell. Um, So, in this digital age, Cat has always been, I can find any movie. I do not need DVDs. They're not super important. Of course, I'm very pro DVD, as I've often told you guys. Please go out and buy physical media because it's important. Apparently, apparently there's a problem when it comes to Mr. Brooks. I mean, it's an amazing film, and I highly recommend everybody watch it. But it's not streaming anywhere. Nowhere. It's not even on YouTube as an illegal copy. So one of us, Cap, had an issue trying to find this film this week for the past two weeks. It was super, super amusing. If I... if. In fairness, she didn't get time to watch it until very last minute, so I didn't even have time to import her a disc. She, um, <laughs> that's true. She has struggled with with this little issue of you know digital, and it's amazing. So, guys, the physical media exists, and when and when companies lose, and this ties in with something I read this week, when companies lose the rights and digital goes away, if you don't have a physical copy, you can't watch it. And in doing so, Netflix is axing their first three original series that they ever made, and they will be leaving the servers over the next four weeks. And are they going to get rid of Bright? Of getting rid of what? Bright. Uh no, it was that's fun. It was a good movie up until the very end. Who was in that again? Will Smith. Will Smith. Oh, it's not good. I'm sorry. Oh, so moving on. <laughs> I thought it was good up until the end, when they trashed the entire movie. We should do. I enjoyed great. the concept. I love the idea of it. A nice and special effects. Cool. I anyway. mean, I mean, by the end of it, it did feel like he, you know, punched you out in front of a live studio audience. Mean, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so back to Netflix canceling their shit. They're going to be removing things off their server that is not on DVD. And this suddenly has a, a few people in the world have noticed and have started to report on it because when that goes, unless you can find a bootleg of it, there's no existence of this of this footage. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I'm sorry you couldn't find it. I'm so sorry. How do you use this make you feel? So, here's you should the, talk I, about it. I, it. I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, very busy right now. Um, I have a prior engagement. The cats need you desperately. This week it- on Serpent Queen. 
Does it mean that you have to go to like find a Best Buy so you can God buy damn it? it. <laughs> um, actually, for two seconds, I was like, I wonder if this is the kind of movie I can find at like Walgreens or some shit sitting around. But so here's the thing. I thought about it because I knew I was going to have to have a meeting with the millennials and sit down and eat a bunch of bullshit. Weasel. Oops, you. <laughs> Because this is this is a fair point, but when if I for me at one, I can recognize that I have been baited by instant gratification. Along with most other people, and that's why streaming services work. Instant yes. gratification. You don't have to go to Blockbuster, it's in your house, you pay fifteen dollars and you have the Blockbuster in your house. Very appealing concept. And for that reason, because I've, I'm used to that, I don't think if someone were like hard copies or or streaming services, one's got to go. I would stick with streaming services. However, I recognize that it is not without fucking problems, especially when you have a podcast where other people pick the movie and you don't look ahead of time. Make sure that Amazon is not lying, because on Google it says it's available until you click on that motherfucker. Same thing <laughs> with Tubi and Vito or whatever, Vudo, Vido, yeah, that one. I'm just here to Same, help. same. And I could not pirate it off YouTube, so um, I instead watched interviews behind the scenes and uh, trailers of varying lengths. Which, of course, now made her want to watch it. Which right. made me real annoyed <laughs> that I couldn't access the movie and led to me checking Amazon like a psychopath. Being like, but you say available. It says available right there. Till I click on it. No available. See, and so, I, I lock out because I literally live walking distance from Richard, so I just go to <laughs> What she means is she lives walking distance from Blockbuster? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, Richard is not everyone. Actually, very few people would have a Richard, which is literally a blockbuster. Yeah, warehouse where you don't have to rent the movies. So that is a luxury and a bonus in your friendship. And one thing that has like really shaken me on this point, though, is that I picked a random TV show a while back from 1987 called Rags to Riches. That only had one season, and she could watch every episode on YouTube. (laughs) She didn't have to buy that shit, and that shit was fun to watch. (laughs) It was. So, the fact that something like Mr. Brooks is this new, because this is only from 2007. It should be available. It should be available. There's no reason. This isn't something obscure. This isn't something that... Like I, when I picked this movie, I didn't pick it with the idea that we were going to have any problems finding it because it's so recent. Mm-hmm. This is a house and... of lies. That's what <laughs> well, it's better than say. a house of yes. Mm. <laughs> Apparently, it's a house of not everything, though. It's not no. yes. It's almost, but not everything, though. So I'm, I'm, I like in a way, I'm very disappointed that. You like that that my 
theories about streaming have been proven because truthfully streaming is not something that i do a lot i i have the programs if i want to see something that's original that i can't access any other way so i have netflix for you know like the queen's gambit and Mm -hmm. you know Amazon Prime for Mrs. Maisel, you know, New those series to get to know things. Sure. <clears throat> but um, I don't look up anything old because I have, it? have my basement. So I T-shirts. don't. <laughs> I... My basement. <laughs> I have my basement that's filled with movies. So I, I just tend to go down there for anything that's, you know, remotely older. Right. Sexual. Oh wait, no. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. My bad. What? Actually, my basement is as pure as the driven snow. Thank you. <laughs> There's a lot to imply there. There's a lot to. As a married human, hmm. that implies more than I would like it to. Moving on. <laughs> My basement is pretty and beautiful. (laughs) Guys, I have to tell you, not just you guys, but that everyone in the ether, Clipsters out there, dude, the terror that struck my heart when I realized I couldn't stream this and Richard was going to have a Richard's Right episode (laughs) (laughs) was earth shattering for me. I was like but, looking it up on different devices, like maybe that was the problem. It wasn't, by the way. <laughs> oh. Anyway. So now that we've had that rant, I'm, we're doing a movie called Mr. Brooks. I'm yeah, so sorry I heard that it I was, was great. Right. I heard it was great. Well, I loved it. Um, yeah. Did you like it, Keller? I did. Uh, I did. Sorry, I'm eating now. <laughs> Keller and I watched this a couple weeks ago, sitting on my couch. She, yeah, <laughs> and and Thane came with us. Thane watched it with us. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So... I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I thought the concept of um the the serial killer having his like alter ego be manifested all the fucking time was amazing, and I love the way that they did the the scenes where they don't freeze time. But when he's talking to his his alter ego there, they like freeze time at the same time. Like I, I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but so what is Tyler is, Durden? But you know it's Tyler Durden. He's having a conversation within his head that you are privy to only because it's within his head. But they're not showing you in his head; they're showing you it as actual. And then right. they jump back to the moment as he's thinking it. So yeah. it's it's very interesting. It it it, it gives the movie a, a strange, cool concept that I hadn't so, seen before. Yeah, actually, it was very new. So give me a concept rundown. What's the idea of the movie? I mean, I know it, but I would I'm gonna have you guys try to explain this movie to me as if I am a well, small child. The, the movie starts off where you get this message that the sickness hey. has returned to Mr. Brooks. Um, Mr. Brooks is somebody who is businessman of the year, well respected, um, well respected by his peers, and he has a lovely home, a lovely wife, and a, you know a really right, nice, middle class white guy. Sure. And he has a um, he has a hobby room where he does um, he has a, a big kill BDSM. Oh. The, no, it's a kill. 
and he works on pottery and stuff and he can oh, he goes in and it's it's very organized and delightful if i was into into making pottery this is probably the building i would have i compared him to dexter they can okay. him a little bit he's very organized and very tidy and very methodical so it comes um, as a great shock to us when all of a sudden he decides he's going to kill this random couple he kills them. two people he out does. of the gate. All right, out of the gate. He he <laughs> he, he comes from okay. his he comes from his man of the year award, which he accepts. Of course, um, his alter ego. You you learn about rather early on because it confuses you because he's suddenly sitting in the back seat and they're talking, and then you realize that his wife doesn't hear him. So you're introduced to it initially as its own individual person. Person, yep. It's its and, own entire entity, the entire movie. It's it's wonderful. It's a very You cool. get to see the visual of of his inner video. voice. Correct. Cool. In Love that as, in that aspect, it reminded me a lot of Fight Club where they're like two separate people the entire movie, even though they're the Except same. Except they don't tell you till then. No, no, no. You nope. kind of figure out that this dude is in well, no, I mean in Fight Club. In Fight Club, I mean, yeah. unless you pay attention. Right, in Fight Club, they don't tell you to the end unless either you've seen the movie before, read the book, or you right, like you said, paying attention. In this movie, they tell you straight off the bat that it's in his head. Hang on, Osiris. it's that concept. Cool, I like that. That I'm super into. Love me a crazy person. First, he, he upper class crazy person. Right. He, you see him. You see him leaving the leaving the meeting and leaving the the dinner and he was telling his wife how the dessert wasn't quite what he expected and how he thought he would stop by an ice cream place. But while he's telling her this, his alter ego is telling him that he should deserves to at least go look at this couple. Right. So he drives. So they go to the ice cream (laughs) shop, which is located across from a dance studio where the couple dances. So he then brings his wife back to her, her their house, and he tells her he's going to play with his pottery for a little bit, and that he would be up. And she's like, "Well, wake me when you come up if I fall asleep." Um, so, so he goes to do his thing. I love you. She goes to do her thing. Well, he doesn't go to do pottery. He goes back to the couple's house, and he promptly murders them. Dude, and it is a violent scene. Who did you kick? You entirely kicked someone. So I mean, you, you I see the they whole were thing. Do flash dance or whatever. That's not flash dance, but instead murder. Okay, didn't make friends. Not making no. friends or going to dance classes. I mean, he he came in. He has oh, right. a lot of. You see a lot of his gadgets that he uses to to open the door locks. That, and I really think it's to really make the viewer unsure of their own home because like it's it's your standard everyday you know your your little your little lock oh like the pottery room becomes a room of a doom doom room of dread later that what's going on okay cool i like that when he unlocks that deadbolt thing even it's like holy shit that never occurred to me and something exists that can do it so it kind of proves to you that your deadbolts aren't really that secure that everything you do in your life is something that's not secure he goes in the illusion of safety 
the 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 people the the people that are here are about to kill are having sex, and you can hear them having sex. You can see yes. and well, lucky dis- for them. <laughs> and him and his him and his alter ego are discussing it, and then they he walks into the room and he has he he stops and waits for a minute, lets them continue because they haven't noticed. Then he makes a noise. She kind of gets up. She freaks. He takes a gun out that's wrapped in a plastic bag, and he shoots shoots her first and then him. Oh, that's boring. He's but okay. Screaming. All right. He then realizes that when he's done this, that the window is open. And his alter ego says, Earl, that's you don't usually make mistakes. Right. You what are you up. doing? Hi. Yeah. And he was like, well, he's like, it's almost like I wanted to get caught. <laughs> so they have this little okay. brief tussle amongst themselves. <laughs> and um, he pulls the window closed, and apparently he likes to take photos and set up the body. So, fantastic. You don't learn more about his his strange other things that he did there, because they don't want to tell you yet. Yeah, I'm super annoyed. Because so far, just explaining this, you've described, aww, hey, Meowmers, um, several, what sound like to me, if they are presented in the way you're describing them, um, are like callbacks to legitimate serial killers who have existed. Yes, absolutely. So, um, he yeah. then goes back home. He Creepy takes posing. His- he takes his photographs and he he burns everything that he used that night to kill them in his kiln. Look at this photograph. And then he takes the photographs and he stares at them one last time and his alter ego reminds him that they, he can't keep them no matter how bad he wants to. And he has to throw the photographs in the fire as well. Oh, he doesn't keep his own trophies? That's... He doesn't. No, that's how he hasn't been caught yet. And he then goes back up and proceeds on with his life. Then the next day, you see him at his AA meeting, and you see. I mean, that's not what those meetings are necessarily built for, but I suppose. But he said, "I'm an an addict." He doesn't say what he's about. For he, you could apply it, I suppose. Um, So as you start to learn more about Mister Brooks, you realize that he is trying to fight his own desire to kill. And he's doing it every which way he can. Uh-huh. And by going to AA, he hasn't killed in apparently two years. Okay. And that's a, a, a fairly decent amount that's of time. That's a good of course. of time. Of course, he has relapse. And his alter ego constantly tries to edge him on to kill. And he keeps telling him that this time is going to be the last time. And he's not going to do it anymore. And you... It gives it's, enough to the viewer that he has this inner toil that he doesn't want to continue. So he wants to do good. So you can believe that for a brief moment, maybe he's not trying to go back on the straight and narrow. And it's like, it's rather cool idea that you're using the AA meetings to do it. It really is. Like I have, I think the, no. sorry. No, you're good. I was going to say you, you feel at least I did, but this is also the first time I've seen it. You almost want to feel bad for Kevin Costner's character because he's like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I went, you know, I didn't do it for two years. And his alter ego is constantly like, yeah, but you're going to. And I'm going to get you to do it. Come on, come on, come on. You know you want to. Like, let's do the thing. Like, and you're like, but he doesn't want to do the thing. 
Like, you feel bad for him. You do. But I think that allegory is really cool. I also think it's a little bit dangerous. Oh, yeah. This was, I also have to keep 2007 in mind. So that's, right. that's still a fascinating. I'm so pissed I couldn't watch this. So now, anyway. now you're going to get into the section of the movie where it's not so straightforward and it starts to be mucked up and you have to follow it. Because oh, yeah. if you don't follow it, you get confused. Oh, and if you miss the other storylines come in too. Because you have a lot of other storylines that are all about to start. So you have a storyline with Dane Cook, a storyline with Mr. Brooks' daughter, and a storyline with the police officer that's now investigating this murder. Mm-hmm. And they all start simultaneously, pretty much. And that Mr. has its own sub-story, too, because not only is she following Correct. Mr. Brooks, she's got another character that's after her. Okay. So... As we muddy the water, I'm not exactly sure which direction to go with it first. I think I'm going to start with the daughter, and then we'll work from there. Yeah, I would, I, or maybe tackle it the way I did Pan's Labyrinth, like go one storyline, then go back and do the other one. And see how, how messed up it is. The daughter yeah. is the less messy of all of it. Okay. So and let's, I, I think so. It's the less complicated to explain. Yeah, less complicated to explain. So... Mr. Brooks, uh, his, in the morning at his office, discovers that his daughter is t- has decided that she's leaving college and has taken a cab to his office and that his secretary has paid for her cab fare and mm-hmm. that she wants to talk to her dad about dropping out of college and why she's doing it. Can I just add really quick that this is the one time that we figure out that the reason Mr. Brooks is man of the year and is rich and CEO, blah, 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 as he is because he has a box company, like legitimate cardboard box company. Yep. Okay. Uh, Also, but it's also very Tyler Durden in the sense that he did soap. So, okay. Why not? It's not just a box company. He does packaging boxes for products Mm. as you get from his conversation with the Japanese guy. So, yeah. so see, like um, sake bottle box and your artwork okay. that goes on yeah. the outside. Yeah, but basically, he deals in cardboard and is fucking rich and famous in the man it's, of the year. Fancy packaging. That's what he does. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, sorry. So she, his daughter, is in his office, and her her reasoning for quitting college, she says, is. Because she, I've she recently was it the pregnancy? I think it's the pregnancy because she tells him about the pregnancy right at this point. Uh, does she? Oh, no. maybe she doesn't. No, no, she tells him that college wasn't for her and that she, she lets her run the family business, is right, and that she lets her friend, her friend is driving her car back from wherever it is and meeting her there. Yeah. So she wants to drop out of college. He instructs her that she needs to go home and tell her mother this and not him because yeah. he doesn't want to sideswipe that conversation. But he does this all super professionally. Like he keeps his cool. He really does he keep really his cool. Does. He doesn't ever have, you know, yeah, he keeps his cool. We'll, we'll just call it that. But it's also very clear that she's daddy's little girl. Very and much. Daddy's little girl kind of gets what she wants. 
he did tell her that he was not hiring, even though she wanted to start from the bottom bottom rung and work his way up, and that the business might not be in the family that long because they had almost sold out last year. And if they ever get a good deal come through, they're they're still going to sell out. He doesn't buckle to her whims. He tells her that she needs to go home and that they would discuss it there. Right. And then the at the same time, at, at, and this storyline intercedes where there's a gentleman out in his waiting area that the that his secretary won't allow in to see him until the appropriate time, who's getting very, very impatient. And this man, of course, is played by Dane Cook. Um, and then you go back to the police officer who has discovered that there are a lot of idiosyncrasies in the murder scene. Where, for one, he vacuums the 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 room when he after he does his murder, he vacuums the entire apartment. Yeah, he doesn't ever kill anybody As that doesn't should. have a he doesn't ever kill anybody yeah. that doesn't have a vacuum cleaner. He poses his his victims for rom- usually in romantic poses. This one was not. Um, this was much more sexual instead of romantic. And he leaves their thumbprints you not... in blood on on the lampshades. Can you and not he's known... fire my desk, please? And he's known as the thumbprint killer. Yeah. Can you get out of the cage so they can I almost wanted to stop cage. describing because she left the the, left the the site and she wants to know about this. Guys. So sorry guys. <laughs> so the thumbprint killer is is that that's his that's his his calling card. He leaves their thumbprints. Um. So you learn all those details. You also learn that the cop is herself is going through a really messy divorce at that point. Yes. So the now we're going to reverse back. The daughter is left to go home to presumably talk to her mother, and Dane Cook comes in. And is Demi more the cop or the mom? The cop. Yeah, Dane Cook now comes comes in, and well, what he does is he sends in a package of photographs with his secretary, and she said the guy out there keeps insisting. So while Mr. Brooks is still talking to his daughter, he opens the packet, sees photographs of him at the murder scene, pulling the windows closed, immediately gets his attention, doesn't lose his cool. Continues the conversation, lets the daughter leave, and then he sees um, Dane Cook's character um, up in, I mean, he's known as Mr. Smith, but up in the meeting room. Yeah, Mr. Smith and Mr. Brooks. Yeah. So Mr. Smith, it reveals, is trying to blackmail him. He doesn't want to really go to the cops. He wants to be part of the murder. He wants to kill someone. He felt such a rush when it happened that he wants in, and he wants Mr. Brooks to teach him what he knows. And if he doesn't... Yep. I'm not going to the cops. I have this information and this blackmail on you. Teach me your ways. No, I just had a fucking flash of a weird, obscure movie, which I'm sure is not this one, but they're in a shack in a desert... And they're like, I, I don't know. It was like this guy, but it was a guy who was an outlaw or killer. And he was tr- like, tricked this guy into being his buddy. And then like throws him under the bus later and he gets shot and died. But so it how was, to be a serial killer. 
Yes, yes, it is. I it's own that how movie. to be a serial killer. <laughs> I own it. Of course, you own it. We need shirts. Anyway. But I knew what you were talking about. That's my favorite thing about you as a friend is I can be like, dude, I saw a tenth of a second of a scene in this movie in my head. And you're like, it's this movie. <laughs> it's amazing. It's very impressive. It probably has a lot to do with substances I imbibe that you don't. So you have full <laughs> access to all the files in your brain. And I have no access to any files. My files are on the floor scattered but i do have that movie um this movie is better than i that enjoy movie, that movie but, but i still enjoy it it's a fun movie anyway we've lost keller uh, <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> no you're fine oh went away for a moment so he is trying to blackmail mr brooks into yeah. and he tells him that he has photos on the original hard drive and that they are all locked away safe and sound and will be distributed if he ends up dead. But he's blackmailing him. So Mr. Brooks and his alter ego find this to be quite funny, actually. Like, yeah, they do. They, like, start laughing. They're like, this is hilarious. This is great. We don't have anything to fear from him. Blah, 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 blah. So he's like, well, he was like, tomorrow. He was like, no. Yeah, he did say he would meet him tomorrow. Yep. And and agreed upon a meeting spot, and then no, they not tomorrow. Away. The day, the day after, because he the wanted day after. the night in between to break into the house. Right. And he, you then see him go back to the daughter, who is now explaining it to the mother, and then she, of course, reveals that she's pregnant to make to muck up their their problems worse. Yes. So and this, this is also where we get the scene where we're like, "Cat is gonna shit." Okay. I was going to say it's it is getting okay. So we have we already have and this is the thing where I I worry now because it will happen in movies where they do good and it did mention in the special features that this was the first of this type of movie these guys were doing. They usually do much lighter hearted films as far as up to 2007. And so so far, we have the, like, Fight Club Tyler Durden-esque thing, fighting with personalities. We have the fun allegory with addiction to AA. Now we're starting to get 16 stories going on. And now we've almost added, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yes. Correct. See, like, that, so now I'm starting to worry that this, this is a lot happening. Well, it's very, well, um... Oh, yeah. Crashed. This movie's bonkers. Babble. And it goes quick, so you have to be able to follow it. Now we have, like, Crash or Babel. That's what I was going to say. Okay, yeah. carry on. Oh, I Jesus love Crash. Crash is a um, great movie, so is Babel. Daughter, by the daughter same guy. tells mom and dad she's pregnant, and yeah. father's automatic reaction is, you're getting an abortion. I no, mean, you're not getting an abortion. Oh, no, right. Yeah, you're not she, getting an abortion. Yeah, she, because she says, I'm going to get an abortion. He's like, You're not getting an abortion. And then he's like, I misspoke. Because she was like, I, you could tell her take a stance. And she's like, Oh, no, you're not. And I was going to say, Either way, that's not, on either end of the spectrum, that's not how you do that. <laughs> he bad. saved the conversation by, he was like, I misspoke. He was like, yeah, What I meant was, a grandchild would be a blessing for your mother and me. Yeah. And we would be there to help you raise it. And so 
And she was like, oh, are you saying you and your okay. mom, you, you and mom would be willing? And he was like, yes, we would. And so she now has left to make up her own decision if she's going to do that or not. Yeah. So, All right. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Now you All start right, moving in, on. <laughs> into the minutia of the cop. Because she has her own backstory. The cop is going through a very messy divorce. Messy divorce. I mean, it's pretty brutal. Apparently something with her dad. Uh, no, no. no, uh, no dad, dad, dad is mentioned. Dad doesn't come into play. Ever. No. In fact, okay. So, so this it's character. It's weird that they described that as her primary issue then, though. Her primary issue right. is her father issues. Okay, yeah, yeah okay. They but, all right. But okay, yeah. she is doing everything not, the, not to yeah. involve him. Yeah. It's not in the box. She, yeah, she yeah. won't play that card because she doesn't like her family. She eat it under the couch. Yeah. So you, you see them at this divorce divorce hearing. Lawyer, yeah, divorce lawyers. And here. and and he they're asking for so many millions of dollars and she is very abrupt and terrible to him to the point where she tells him she hopes he gets run over by a bus. Yeah, she's uh, like, in the courtroom? Uh, not in the courtroom, in a, a um, a mediated setting. Like, there's more presence. That's like, still it's not, not, that's a bad not. idea. Oh, that's oh, yeah. Not good oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not good. Oh, yeah. She was like, You've threatened my client. We are down. Yeah, have to get a restraining yeah. order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what that means. That is, so yeah. you see, very quickly, Yikes. she cannot control her temper. And his thing to the oh, table, the reason no. why he's asking so much, is that, quite frankly, somebody who she had put away escaped from jail, and his one thought process is to to kill her. That's and he alarming. Now, that and he now, says, he now yeah. says that he could be collateral damage, and he deserves more from the divorce for ever being even attached to her. Because yeah. this guy, uh, is because this guy, because this guy could come after him to get to her. Correct. I mean, and, and then she's like, "You know what would make me feel safer? If you got hit by a bus." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. that's not how you respond to that. Not how you respond to that? No, swinging a miss. While hilarious, not appropriate. (laughs) While very funny and probably valid feelings. Oh. Hey, what's this little rocket in the corner? Then as she's fuming... Don't be clicking on things. As she's fuming, her her boss tells her that she needs to get over it, and she needs to get it settled quickly, because life needed uh, something about life needing to move on and then she reminds her yeah, that this guy you can definitely go to court and be like hey judge hurry it up i got shit to do and that'll yeah, help prolonging this the guy at this point is only asking for like 1.5 million oh really That's and so she doesn't want to pay it so she's and what it is is it's interfering with her work life so her boss is like you need to pick and get over it Move on, or it's going to be trouble. Okay, I understand now. Gotcha. And then she reminds her that she is, you know, that this guy who has escaped from prison is out there looking for her, and does she want to assign her somebody as a protector? And she's like, I can protect myself. And she's like, that's part of your problem, is that you will never accept help from anybody. Yep. And it comes back to bite her in the ass. It does. As it should, because it's that's just the life lesson of, yeah, I'm sure you can protect yourself. No, I mean, I would never 
It's not nice to look people in the face and presume they cannot protect themselves or make their own decisions. But the reality is, at some point, we all sleep. Right. You might need someone <laughs> there to make sure you don't get smothered in your sleep. And so that's good. And, uh, so now yeah. Mr. Brooks decides that he's going to visit Mr. Smith while he's sleeping. <laughs> Speaking of sleeping and not being safe. Because he could tell from the angle of the photos which floor and which building Mr. Smith lives at. And he reminds Mr. Smith that... Two men are stalking each other. As hilarious. he wakes him up and tells him, and, and, and does have this little meeting, and Mr. Smith is quite afraid. He was like, if I wanted you dead, you would be dead already. Yep. <laughs> he was like, it was very alarming. And then he disappears as quickly as he appears. Because Mr. Smith gets the light on and he's gone. Yep. See, I don't <laughs> like that either. See, wait, now I don't I don't like ghosty people. I like people with ghosty superpowers, especially ones who are trying to blackmail me. That's no thank yous. <laughs> no, 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 Mr. Brooks is the one that disappears. Well, other way. Mr. Smith. Still that's yeah, worse. It's still creepy. It's Serial worse. Serial killer with ghosty worse. powers. Much worse. But it does emphasize to Mr. Smith that he's not dealing with an average yeah. Joe. Right. <laughs> all right, my cat is just super pissed at the blue jay out the window and is making Aww. all kinds of fucking weird noises over it. So now we meet up with Mr. Smith uh, uh, the next evening during a rainstorm, which M Mr. Brooks and his alter ego are making fun of because they think it'd be funny if he just got hit by a car. <laughs> and they're debating on whether it could happen. And then he almost gets hit by a car. And then he gets almost hit by ah. a car, which sets them both into roars of laughter. Yes. Because they view Mr. Smith as an idiot, which and Mr. Smith is an idiot. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so even though he well, threatened him in his bed to bring everything that he had on him, um, including the original hard drive, he he's he still... He doesn't, and they gonna and they fuck have around that, and find out. All right, let's play fuck yeah. around and find they out. They had Why that not? conversation where hopefully they can build the trust where he would be comfortable giving him all of it, and then they set out to go and select their first victim. And there he'll he kill him, you, dude. He gives him more of Sorry. the rules right then of how you kill and what what you're looking for. You don't make it personal. You don't. It's not. He he kills out of need. He's not killing out of vengeance. So he gets to go and select who he wants to kill that he knows nothing about, and then he needs to memorize things like their license plate and what they do and their and their routine, which Mister Mister Smith fails at repeatedly. Miserably. But um. The person that he decides he's going to kill is somebody who cuts him off in traffic, which I appreciate that concept, because truthfully, if I was going to kill someone, it'd probably be for that reason. But while Mr. Smith is very bad at remembering everything and Mr. Brooks is trying to teach him... Probably Mr. because Brooks he's not a psychopath, he's just a fanboy! Mr. Sorry, carry on. Mr. Brooks is looking around at his surroundings and he realizes that the person who just escaped from jail, he sees him and he recognizes his photo. Yep. The one that's the, the, the guy that's yeah. after the cop. Yeah, well he's called the the hanger, the the, the hangman. 
hangman. Yeah. yeah. So he hey, sees he's the hangman and yeah. he sees him and he was like, oh, he got much more interested and starts to blow Mr. Smith off. And he was like, we have a new plan. We're going to follow this guy because now he wants to know. Yeah. <laughs> So okay. this gets once once so now again, we got a serial killer pursuing a serial killer with a wannabe serial killer with a fanboy right. serial killer. killer. Yep. Okay. So after <laughs> this poor police officer. So after he <laughs> takes the appropriate and notes and he her. tells Mr. Smith what they have to do next, and Mr. Smith realizes you just can't kill someone the same day you meet them, that you have to research and it pouts a little bit. Oh, he does. Only if you're a fucking psychopath, but whatever. He drops him back off. But when he's dropping him off, Mr. Smith remembers that the police officer had come around to his house and he gives her the card, gives him the card of the officer that's looking for him. Yep. So that also intrigues Mr. Brooks. So he goes home to immediately do his research. So while he's researching the serial killer, he's also researching the cop and then you find out her backstory and everything that she's been through and how she basically refused daddy's money and went off on her own accord to do her own thing but i don't was, want she, your life right but right. she also has like a net worth of, of like 70 million dollars right she, she does she has access to um, but she works but she right. works right. she works <laughs> I respect that, but that's fictional. But okay, yeah, sure. She right. she has her own she has her own psychological trauma that made her become a cop. But yeah. you won't find that out yet. Um <laughs> so after after doing the research, uh now you have police officers that show up at his house to talk to Jane, his daughter. Because apparently there was a murder on campus. And she is a suspect in the murder. And you find out a whole, uh, yeah, his daughter, yeah. You find a whole other side of her story that she never told them. And as the police interview them, it becomes very apparent that Jane is not innocent. No, she is not. Okay, so she also might be a psychopath. Yes. And um, this actually sends Mr. Brooks into a tizzy because he is then very upset that he is passed on those genetics genetics and that he at a very base level is responsible is uh what at a very base level that he is he feels responsible because he passed on his genetics to her would never have known it yeah right so you did this this causes him some very internal internal distress um so while all that is going on, you then have the cop who gets has the run in quite randomly. She gets shoved into a moving van while she's walking down the street. Yeah, it is the most being kidnapped thing. by the guy who's looking for her yep. and that guy's girlfriend, the hangman. And he tells her all the things that they're going to do to her, etc. While they're careening well, out the of control. The hangman has a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah she kind it's of- like his own version of Harley Quinn. It's a knockoff version of Harley Quinn. Oh dear. Okay. <laughs> so they're yeah, right. they're racing in the van. The van doors open somehow. I don't know because this is one of those action scenes that I'm not so fond of. So the van gets the van gets crashed and she gets out. 
or or she manages to get out while the van is moving. Oh, she gets yeah, she gets thrown out because the door is not closed. Right. So okay. Oh, okay. All right. So I see that set up there. So this is where uh, her boss restricts her job to puts her back on desk. Yep. Like you are on the desk now. She's on the desk because of all that's happening. She got kidnapped. And her husband is still causing more and more distress. And now he's saying that she's missing uh, missing some photo and they want an answer. And she has all this pressure to end this this divorce settlement. Yeah. So now we switch back to Mr. Brooks, who now can't meet up with Mr. Bafford, or Mr. Smith, because his real name is Bafford. Mr. Smith, Dane Cook. (laughs) Yes, Mr. Smith, Mr. Bafford. It's Mr. Bafford, Mr. Smith is Dane Cook. Um, that he tells him that he can't meet up with him that night, and he decides that he's going to get his daughter out of hot water, and he's going to go and kill somebody else again on campus for her. Yeah. And this is where you get to see how how much stuff Mr. Brooks has access to. Fake IDs, fake... Everything to fly Everything. with. Think, think, Dean and Sam supernatural. <laughs> oh, you know what? I just or put James it together. Mine. No, I get the allegory because you put you can pass addiction along to your children, and then you be you accidentally become the enabler. So yeah. he, well, he decides. To, yeah. he I decides get it. All right. He's not sending her Hurry to jail. On. That he's going to rescue her out of the mess. He creates we, the idea of a serial killer. The cops stop looking at her. They move on. Because she's not down the, down in whatever state it is, right? And that can after after the cops leave the house and everything, he figures out that they're going to go back, realize the daughter's story is a bunch of bullshit, and come back and arrest her. She's Correct. not a good murderer, evidently. No, she's not. Not even remotely. Um. So. I'm trying to remember to make sure I have everything. In the meantime, the the cop is once again going back and and con- constantly harasses Mr. Smith because she feels like he's not being honest with her. He and she and talking. She to she and she torments him constantly. So she'd be like, "Oh, I just had this random thought. You had something to tell me. Well, you didn't, and you're wrong." Despite the fact that he's getting mad at Mr. Brooks for blowing him off, and it feels like he keeps blowing him off so that he's not going to go through and, and do the murder for him. Right. So, Mr. Brooks himself has done all sorts of research, and no knows of the cop's ex-husband, and he moves Mr. Bafford, Mr. Smith, into... Finally, coming into the into the section of the movie where he's finally going to go with him to do a murder, and this is it, it gets super complicated. I know I'm explaining it very poorly at this point because we have so many storylines going. Yeah, and they, no, but I'm following mostly as they, much as I can for line. Right? Well, in my mind, the problem is is I'm not doing the movie in chronological order. So I'm having to backtrack in my mind what's happened to try to make you explain all all the stories coming together yeah. at once. And this is a really big deal. So 
in the end, Mr. Brooks decides on an elaborate plan in his own head that you're not aware of, but I think it's going to be the best way to describe it. He is going to, step one, have movers move Mr. Bafford and Mr. Smith's stuff to a new location. Step two, the new location is going to be in the hangman's building, in fact, the apartment next door. Step three, he is going to bring Mr. Bafford with him to kill someone, and he has selected the cop's ex-husband to to kill. That's convenient for her. <laughs> well, he did it because he becomes fascinated with her more than the hangman and more than That's Mr. Bafford. That's inconvenient for her. So he is, he now wants to know, and it drives him crazy, why she has all this money and she continues to work when she doesn't have to. And it's very uncharacteristic-like. And that she's been searching for him for years because she's been the cop that's always had his case. Yeah. And he really can't get answers unless he actually gets to talk to her. But he becomes almost as obsessed with that as he is obsessed with his victims. Yeah, it's weird. But he doesn't want to hurt hurt her. Like he doesn't want to kill he's her. He's not out to kill her. He's more would after her. he spent some time with her and his narcissistic psychopathy took over and he was like, You're not nearly as interesting as you are because I'm a genius. And then he'd end up murdering her in the middle yeah, of the Strangely enough, he's very down to earth. He doesn't <laughs> come off like that. No, he's very calm and collected. He really is. And he's also now has this inner argument with himself that his genes are bad and that truthfully he feels that he should probably die. Yeah. And he comes up with the idea much against his alter ego's will that he wants Mr. Bafford and Mr. Smith to kill him. Yeah. And that conversation is real. And so all intents and purposes, he has now created a plan and written a letter to his wife and daughter saying how he is he is, has some sort of disease and he has chosen to end his life and not to look for him. Yeah. And he has concocted this whole plan so that at the end he can get Mr. Smith, Mr. Bafford, to kill him. So as he's lined up everything, <laughs> um, he brings Mr. Bafford to the cop's ex-husband's house. They go in, and Mr. Bafford is so excited, so freaked out, that he pees himself on the floor Yep. before they do the murder. And that's actually super important. Mm. Um, the boyfriend comes out whistling, doorbell rings, he answers that the lawyer, his lawyer comes in, they are having an affair, and one of the reasons why she's helping him get so much money. They start making out on the couch, and Mr. Bruce... Yeah, he moves. They notice um, Bafford just stands there like an idiot. Mr. Brooks has to kill the first person. Bafford finally shoots the second. Has to. Yeah, I guess he does. Um, And then they go, they leave the scene and go back out to their car. Then you see the cop arriving at, because she got a... She wanted to see where Mr. Bafford's furniture was being moved because she went to Mr. Bafford, Mr. Smith's house to harass him again. His house is empty and there's a, a moving order where she has the new address. While she is there, her conveniently left. Her cop from her cop partner comes in, asks her where she was, tells her her ex-husband has just been murdered, and now they suspect her. 
and she has an altercation with him, tells him to stay there. Obviously, she didn't do it, but she needs to follow and find out what the fuck's going on, and she takes off. Yep. She then goes down to where Mr. Bafford's stuff is, only to run into the hangman, and the hangman starts shooting at her, and that ends up in a scene where both the hangman and his girlfriend are murdered or are dead. Dude, Not by he, her. No, he freaking He he shoots his girlfriend and then shoots himself when he realizes that they're super injured and they're not gonna get away and he doesn't want to go back to jail. And it's it's brutal too. It's brutal. Like, it's very brutal. The girlfriend I don't even think she's conscious enough to know what's going on because if you watch her she's kind of like lolly lolling you know she got hit by a bullet yeah she's kind of rolling her head towards him to look for support and he fucking blows her brains out yeah it's it's pretty interesting it's insane the the deaths in this movie are Are insane insane. and the shots are insane it's very dexterous at times yeah so that solves the hangman killer one second all right talking for a second. I heard something thump. I have to go check. No one's here to look. Who knows what they did? (laughs) So you're sitting there with now very wrapped up nicely. Her ex-husband is dead, and the guy who was after her is dead. So now the only thing that's really left on the loose and is out of control would be the thumbprint killer himself for in her life. Uh oh. He's mumbling to herself. He's mumbling to herself. Fucking fuck anything else up. So now you go back to where the thumbprint killer and his uh, Mr. Brooks and Mr. Smith are. They're driving on a highway, and he's he's elating of how excited he was. And Mr. Brooks points out that Mr. Smith beat himself back at the scene and has now left his DNA. So he's kind of you know chiding him a bit, and um. No matter what, they're going to connect it back to him because yeah. he pissed all over the floor. And he a bit and his alter ego realized that Mr. Bafford, Mr. Smith is probably there who is going to pull the gun on them next at any second because he needed the courage up to try to kill him too, which is where they feel that this is leading. Yeah. And the next thing you know, Mr. Bafford, Mr. Smith does pull a gun and tells him he's going to get off at the next exit. He's like, oh, that exit? And he continues by. Then he starts to speed up. Then he reminds him that if he were to die while speeding, that it would probably kill them both. But that he already had a plan and that in truth, he needs him to kill him because he doesn't want any of his family knowing that he killed anybody. So he has set up this this whole charade so he doesn't have to do so that he will never be caught. Yeah. So Mr. Smith, realizing that he's outsmarted, and even though Shake still feels like he's somewhat in control. He's not. Um, he's not. He was like, well, what did you have in mind? And he brings him to a graveyard that he owns. You see, apparently Mr. Brooks um, you know, invests in strange things, and he says a graveyard is something people always need, so it's always made sure you get money from it. So he has the keys to the graveyard. He has a grave that's already dug for tomorrow's service. His idea is for Mr. Baffert to shoot him and allow him to lie in the ground, cover him up with so much dirt, they'll lower the coffin over him the next day and he will disappear. I mean, honestly, put a shot. Put a shot. 
So at this point of the film, you're now realizing what Mr. Baffert has to do, but if it happens, etc., you know, he will be exonerated as being the thumbprint killer. Blah, 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 blah. Either way, he's going to be the thumbprint killer. Like, there's no way he's getting out of that. It's like a backed in, he's backed into the corner. He's backed in that corner, all right. So now you come down to the greatest, the to the greatest interesting point of the film. Oh, yeah. Will Mister Baffert actually shoot him, and and yeah. is that what Mister Brooks wants, or will Mister Brooks change his mind and turn the tables? And that is where I should probably stop describing the movie, so that you all have to watch it and see how that ends. <laughs> Dun. Fantastic, and another gruesome death. That's all I'm there. Doing. There is one of these two characters dies, and I don't want to tell you which one because that would be ruining it. And honestly, it's super clever. And at the end, you do get to find out more about the police officer and 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 her big reveal with her family. The only thing I'm upset about is that if you're going to stop right there, we don't get to talk about the dream at the end. Well, that's okay. That's okay. I would rather see if Cat actually goes and watches it now, or how interesting. If I can is. access it somewhere, <laughs> I have to come get one movie from you. You might as well give me a copy. You got a way to burn the CD? Not burn the CD. No, we would never copy. What? <laughs> anyway, um, yes, because I get to see Cat tomorrow. Yeah, but I mean, I do feel like. I I do feel like that that is an appropriate stopping spot, or do you think we should just spoil it? What do you, what are your thoughts, Keller? I mean, I part I'll watch of me, it no yeah, matter what. I'm gonna find part, a way to watch it. I was gonna say part of me doesn't want to because Cat hasn't seen it, but at the same time, we kind of go through the whole movie on the podcast. Like that's what we do. So lately, I haven't been. I've just been giving how we felt through them. This is a much more descriptive version than I've been doing, at least in mine, because it's a very technical movie. Well, it's a very thinking movie. Didn't see it. Should we just say if you do, are going to watch this so movie, far, don't continue watching the listening to the podcast and yeah, finishing it. The movie, stop listening. If you want to know what's going to happen, let's continue. There you go. Because <laughs> I want Cat to know. I want Cat's reaction. So, okay. so right off the bat, you have. You have, he tells Mr. Brooks, I mean, he tells Mr. Smith how how he wants him to shoot him so that he'll fall backwards. Mr. Smith has the gun, he goes and he shoots him. Bullet goes off, it clicks, only there is no bullet that comes out. His pin has been bent. And at that moment, Mr. Brooks says he was waiting, he's like, unfortunately for you, Mr. Smith, he was like, I was waiting to see if I really wanted to die. He was like, and when that click went off he was like everything flashed in front of me and i now realize i want to see my daughter's baby and and get to know them so he's like unfortunately for you he's like i even had brought up a backup gun he was like in case i changed my mind from this he was like to really let you do it and he was like well he was like i will have all the stuff released on you and he's like your contents of your safety deposit box have now been emptied so he was like there's no fear in that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> He then says, he's like, before I was the thumbprint killer, I killed a lot of people. And he picks up a shovel and he starts bashing him with it and slicing his throat with it. It's and it's brilliant. Thing. It and is then, brilliant and gruesome. And he pushes him in 
to the grave with the same original plan. And the next morning's paper clearly says Meeks has been the hangman is gone. Her her husband was killed by the thumbprint killer. He peed it on the on the scene, etc. Everything has all trickled down to all blame Mr. Bafford because Mr. Bafford has now become the thumbprint killer. Right. All three cases are all summed up nice and neat and pretty on the front page. And he lets somebody else take credit for it, which he does drive I, him a well, little crazy. Well, I was going to ask, yeah, yeah. And that I feel like for a real, for a legitimate serial killer of this caliber, that would send them through the fucking roof. And they and would end does. up fucking up and in Zodiac signs, sending letters to people later. His alter like ego tells guy. him how much it's bugging him. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, somebody had to take the fall. He was like, and for us to remain safe, I have to give credit to other people. Yeah, and he's very calm oh, and collective and to, about it. Give it to someone who is so severely not at that caliber. I think is really funny, but uh, did, I, mean, I was going to ask in the beginning. I was like, does he get thrown under the bus or does he kill him? Because I felt like it was going to be one of the two. They don't work in pairs the, usually. It brings up the point that Arlington Road is way made. too cool to work in. Pairs. And I don't know if either of you have seen Arlington Road. But Arlington Road very much emphasizes the public needs one person to blame all the time for something. Yes. They need someone to blame because it makes them feel safe. Mm-hmm. So this does emphasize that they have the person to blame, they can feel safe, and he can move on. And it's, it's so bloody brilliant. It's wonderful. It really is, yeah. <laughs> So he then notices that because he's at a restaurant when he's having this conversation with his alter ego. Yes, it's crazy. And he notices that one of the other patrons has a little flip phone in, in her purse in the outside pocket. And he goes and he pickpockets it, uses the flip phone and gives the cop a call. And she goes, Mr. Bafford? And he's like, no. But, well, he First does. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't reveal that he's not. He's like, I certainly didn't have to give you meeks and I certainly didn't have to. To get rid of your ex. And she was like, but he's like, I want to have answers. He's like, I want questions. So he asks her about her life story. And in exchange, he promises to tell her where he is. She tells him and she's like, you need to tell me where you are. And he's like, I'm at the top of a building, which he is. He then drops the phone over the side so that even if they trace it, it still won't be traced back to him directly. Yeah. All while wearing gloves. Yeah. But then... Then he does go home, and that night he's sleeping in bed, and out of the blue, you see him start to to wake up or whatever, and then you see his daughter behind him, and she stabs him in the neck. And, and that's another gruesome kill. It's, like it's right. Easy. And then she takes his glasses and she puts them on, thus completing the cycle. Well, then he wakes up from that nightmare. But, you know, uh, I really I enjoyed that. that. Fun, though. Yeah, that's completing the cycle of I'm going to take over the family business and right. take over killing people. Like, it does. Well, it, it would have completed the the uh, metaphor of addiction, too, with your children right. and passing that on. And is it genetic or is it environmental? And guilt of that and how yeah it would have completed the cycle of that well what it does is it ends with him like waking up and shake his his wife his wife wakes him up from having the nightmare and he's shaking and he's saying the serenity prayer under his breath as as the screen goes black 
Which he does lots in the movie. And, and he does mention that how each and every time he's going back to this is the last time he hates even when he kills for his daughter and he felt wrong about it like you get a lot of impact stuff that i wasn't able to do in the way i approached this movie because i was trying to fill in all the holes from the story because it's so quick and can be confusing that's think you did good and i think i would and i think it probably helped a little bit that i like watched dvds and listened to the director talk about what he was trying get across Probably and listen did. to that that gave me a good ground um i think this movie sounds like it was made for me and i'm super annoyed that it's apparently the one movie right now on the planet i don't have access to and Dane <laughs> cook is not comedy in this he is no, serious. Free drama yeah dude i i and i would love to see dane cook in a different point of view because really the only visual i have in my head of dane Cook is yelling welcome to Thunderdome bitch in waiting <laughs> and it's just burned yep. right into the front of my brain so whenever anyone's like Dane Cook that's all that's the only thing now, I don't know if you ever noticed the poster for Mr. Brooks but it's bonkers and I love it white one this uh, this is also the I almost no it's not white okay then no it's got a red background hang on Copy image. Let's see if I the can. The one with the, like, it's a man and then the red. And the puzzle piece? Oh, nope. I did not see this one. I'm using the recording studio chat right now. Put it in the general chat. <laughs> oh. I just absolutely love this poster. When I was designing our house, I this is one of the posters I wanted to put up. Um, but then I had, I had so many other posters I wanted to put up, I kind of ran out of room. Oh, yeah. No, that's 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 pretty it, awesome. Isn't it cool? Yeah. I, I do love it. Um, Is it the recording studio chat? Yeah. Carry on. Um... <laughs> Critical response. It, it received mixed mixed reviews. Oh, apparently. I did see that. Sorry, when you said puzzle piece, I had a totally different image in mind. This is a very cool concept now that I know what it is. What it is, yeah, that's very cool cover art. Uh, it, the film has a score of fifty five percent, and with an average rating of a five point seven out of ten. Love it or um, hate it. Get down. They originally, sorry. the critics said the setup. So is sorry, intriguing, everyone. But- Mr. Brooks overstuffs itself with twists and subplots, becoming more preposterous as it goes along. I mean, the only concern I have is, like, I wonder if they fucking jam ass-packed too much into this. Sorry about my language, everyone. Um, Oh, no, wait. I cuss all the time here. Never mind. Everyone's met me here. Um, But it sounds like like so much. It's a lot, lot, but I don't feel like it it makes it feel You don't feel like it's over-flooded? No. No, I feel like it's almost as messy as real life. Yeah, oh, it but, is. Because as one thing goes wrong, another thing goes wrong, and another thing goes on. And honestly, at the end of the day, it's really the cop's bad day. That turns lucky. Interesting. <laughs> it, it really is. It's like the cop's the main character, but we're not getting it from her point of view. We're getting it from this side point of view. Because everything oh, revolves around the cop. I was going to say, it 
sound like everything, like everything in orbit does affect her in one way or another. And at one point it's like, she put him in jail. She's pretty cool. But oh, now, now he's out. So she might get killed. But oh, now another serial killer is going to kill her for him. So that's kind of cool. But now he's kind of unhinged. So maybe it's not cool. And that's very, I think that's very fun. Lots of circles happening. Um, apparently it made 48 million worldwide on a budget of 20 oh. million. Wow. So it made its money back. Okay. Um, in the director's successful. commentary, it says Bruce Evans said the film was to be the first of a trilogy, but as with any franchise, it depends on film profits. Despite its commercial success, there are no plans to make further films. I don't think and there's any need to. Like, why would you? In 2009, Pam Baker said everybody wanted to make a trilogy. I saw Kevin Costner last summer, and he we would still love to. The idea of my character and Kevin's character be so much fun. I think you could see how manipulative they both are to each other. I would love to been done three i think so. it would be a huge take on to match that energy through three movies furthermore mr evans revealed the third film would have found brooks and jane at odds with one another and would have ended with brooks killing both himself and his daughter having realized that there's no hope for either of them see i because of the comparison to alcoholics anonymous heavily don't love that <laughs> That's not my favorite. But that would have happened in movie three. <coughs> Should have existed. Yikes. Whew. Glad to see that they had it planned out, though. No, yeah, it was like, interesting it to like me. they were really into the idea. Yeah. The concept, when one. Thane was watching it with us, he said something, well, this isn't a Halloween movie. But then he had to agree that he could see why it could be considered a Halloween movie. So I don't know where this actually falls. Or if it falls as a Halloween movie well, or not. I would, it sounds like a psychological thriller. Which yeah. is so like Momento, fun to watch. But like far more violent, which is, it's spoopy season. Watch you some horror movies. They don't, man, I feel like every Halloween, everyone's like, you have to watch Halloween or Freddy Krueger or Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm like, but there's the, like the realm of horror is huge. And a lot of people don't watch it during any other time of year. Spread right. your wings, my butterflies. Watch all the horror. horror not Hocus Pocus 2. Some bonkers. Not. That is not horror. That is... Oh, it was horror. It was a horror, but not of the kind that we're talking about. It is a movie that should stand unto itself individually. I'm not... Anyway, we don't have time. We don't have time. <laughs> but I would, I would consider it, like Kat said, a suspense thriller. Um a thinking film it's very much a thinking film yeah. don't go into this movie thinking it's a light watch or something that you don't need to pay attention to like other films of this category it is a thinking film it's and this is actually my favorite type of film mm -hmm. so and I, and I would say really would, okay yeah. that I mean, gives me think, right. think of richard's picks don't they usually have some sort of it's true and he has clung dearly to house of yes <laughs> since it's happened and house of yes was only surpassed by fucking cure for wellness both were equally upsetting so <laughs> you be her i'll be her oh, it was so pretty and then so d upsetting anyway anyway stop i mean i did bring it up once already it wasn't entirely her fault it would say though that this movie could count as a horror simply because of the the amount of killing and blood in it. Like right. they don't 
shy away from like Showing the you. blood at all. Especially yeah, Mr. Baffert's neck. Fucking violent yeah. too. So. His neck slicing it with the with the yeah, shovel and, sticks with you. And when the daughter the daughter stabs stabs him in the neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those two I would say are the are the most brutal kills of the movie, and they're at the end. Fuck! I want to go watch *Malignant* now. Only because I can't stream this. Like that's my only. I mean, when you can't stream a good movie, you settle for a bad one. I understand. I how dare you? Don't you leave *Malignant* alone? I'm gonna marry it. We're gonna live in a wonderful thruple relationship. Hey, you're my gonna husband, have good *Malignant*. Children. And sucker punch. And sucker punch. Oh, it's, okay. So we can't be a thruple. What's that called? I think it's an orgy now. <laughs> Give me the bad. Give me all the bad. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad we worked orgy into today's episode. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> okay. So, final <laughs> thoughts, Keller, on a scope. Oh, well, how would you rate this? Oh, are we rated? Yes, rate. Uh, it's up there with you know a cure for wellness and and some of the other like longer more psychological based movies that we've done. I, I would say a solid eight. Does it have rewatch value? Oh fuck yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. Because I want to go in and like because the first time you're you're paying attention to like the plot line and what's going on, and so the second time through you want to pay attention to like background things and what kind of hints you get at the beginning of the movie that are going to tell you what's going to happen at the end and like this so yeah. movie is really well done too mm-hmm. and you do pick up on lots of things in rewatch i've probably rewatched this movie 15 times now yeah. i show wow. it to a okay. lot of people it's it's one of the, it's on the list of you need to see this and why haven't you seen this yes like even Thane was like you haven't seen this movie yet no he's like well i'm coming with you to watch it fine <laughs> well, I will expect a, t- a secondary, totally legal, purchased copy of this movie when I arrive tomorrow. Tomorrow at Wilson Castle in Proctor, Vermont to go see my people. It'll be awesome. It'll be nice. great. So, Coming into that, that means you're not going to be here for next next week. week's discussion mm-hmm. episode. Oh. Episode, which is which is good, um, because I mean, while all of our episodes are important, I feel like if you're going to miss one, a discussion episode is is the better to just probably one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk a lot of smack about you not being here next week, but we Kat, will. What are you and I going to discuss? <sighs> Because like, we're technically about? now coming into the the Thanksgiving Christmas season. I was just going to say, it's the very end of our oh, spoopy. Last we'll time we talked November. about Thanksgiving, it was House of Yes. <laughs> Might I remind you, it is coming it's up on the year anniversary. It's been one year since House Although, of Yes came into our lives. <laughs> Black Friday movie is still out there, though. That still exists, and this year oh. we can get it. I now have it. Right. Okay, do you remember why we went for House of Yes when we couldn't find Black Friday? Friday. So this year we it was it, it, wasn't it? It was. I mean, oh, that's Bruce Campbell. Also for December, we can do reindeer games, which I wanted to do, but also was not out yet because it was in theaters. Right. It'll be exciting. You do smile too, but we're coming out of spoopy month. I guess me and you will have to talk about 
You know what? We should we should recap what we did last November because it is a holiday and stuff. Uh, didn't we also get to do like what was the weird Christmas Santa horror movie we did? Santa Slay? No, no, it was um Krampus. 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 Honestly, it was really hilarious. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was. I, you guys were like, oh, we're going to do this horror Christmas movie. And it was hilarious. It was we, so good. Now, the next Christmas. movie I think we select is Cat's Pick, too. Yeah. Oh, I might pick a hilarious holiday-themed horror movie, then, to take us out of Spoopy Month and into holiday. I mean, once again, I'm looking forward to it. You did bring us House of Yes. God. Dude, I don't know how I. I. I I'll take it. I'll take it. It counts. It counts. It's in my thing. I won't put us through sucker punch yet because the time doesn't feel right, but it's coming and you should know it's coming. Don't like it. It's like a sucker punch out of the air. No. I don't like the fact that we're going to be talking about House of Yes again. I mean, we could do an anniversary. We're gonna- no. <laughs> I think we should rediscuss. No, we shouldn't. That's not. That's weird. I don't know. Let's get off this recording and figure it out. Okay, everyone. Thank you. I am. I have eaten a whole bunch of shit this episode because streaming service, no offer movie makey. Um, oh, there is something else I should note here that you should be aware. Right. Um. A few years ago, my friend asked me to create a list of 100 films that I thought he should see. I created a list of 100 films. And there was only like 12 of them that were streaming. He couldn't access them. That's because very much like reading Shakespeare, movies that are your favorite are not the common denominator's favorite. My favorite movies come from all over the place. So I could have something from the 30s to the 50s to the common. I mean, to the present. So, yeah, streaming services can't possibly keep up with the all-knowing Dick Dick. (laughs) No, nothing good. Oh, my God. Anyways, everybody should read Shakespeare. And if you're going to read Shakespeare, do not start with Romeo and Juliet. God, that damn play. And you should watch How to Be a Serial Killer because that's a great movie. That's, I put it on the my watch list choices. We are oh. going to do that. Speaking of watch list choices, that, that book versus movie thing we are going to do? We could do that next week. No, I can't read a whole book in a week. I mean, I could. But, but you've I read added... lots of books. Like You probably yeah. could pick something you've read. Yeah. I mean, I... Last Unicorn. I was going to say, if I did The Last Unicorn or Coraline, we could easily... I could easily read the book over the week. But what I was going to say was I added Watership Down to it because we could either do the movie oh, from the okay. or the Netflix redo, which is actually really good, too. And then I added The Crucible, which, I mean, technically it's a play, but it's also got the movie that goes with it, too. So that gives us Coraline, The Last Unicorn, Fight Club, Watership Down, and The Crucible. Mm. I'm sure and there's... Should add... Oh, yeah, Miss Peregrine, The Wizard okay. of Oz. Yeah. Um... Charlotte's Web. Um, um, down. Miss Peregrine. Uh, what'd you say? Wizard of Oz. Oh, we could do Alice in Wonderland. Mm -hmm. 
Well, that, that's the thing is that almost every movie is based on 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 a book of some sort. So it, it yeah. really, like, there's no limits, really. Gone with the Wind. Right. But we also have to pick books that I'm actually going to be able to read. Like, <laughs> Pre Prejudices. Prejudice. 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 I don't know why my brain couldn't process that word. I, th that book is like 1,300 pages. No. So we also have to pick books that Cat will read. I could say something really mean and I'm not going to. It's about Shakespeare, but I was thinking it too. Permission granted. Uh, <laughs> good luck. I'm going to say C Spot Run doesn't have a book or have a movie. I realized how mean that was, so I didn't say. I reframed. I just drooled on myself. <laughs> it won't be the last time. But yeah, we can always. As you get older, it'll happen often. Uh. I we did Macbeth, Cat would enjoy it. I bet I can find an audio of Macbeth and listen to it over a couple nights of work. And if this is something I should do, then I will do it. These are just some of the movie versus book ideas that I have. That's all. Because um, I know In fairness, I think the original concept was Keller's reading the book and we're watching the movie. Yeah. <laughs> that that was definitely the original concept. You guys watch the movie. I'm going to read the book, and we're going to compare the two. Exactly. But it's good to have the Dude, list. Now. I remember that idea. I like that idea too. Yeah, that's why I'm, I've got. But the list. it's good to have the list now because it gives Keller a chance to start. And then I think mm -hmm. we should all get to pick one. And some of the books are going to be quick, like The Last Unicorn and Coraline. I could sit down and bust through those in a day. But if we're going to do something like Troy, um. Have I you seen the Iliad? Like, well, see, that's too long. I have to be able to listen to it within a couple nights, which means no, someone no, no. reading. You're not it reading it. She's reading. Okay. it. we're watching the movie. Okay. Seen the Iliad book? Like, it's gonna. Take oh no, I'm still thinking Gone with the Wind. There's at least six husbands and five children that aren't mentioned in the movie, <laughs> and the book is ridiculously thick. Right. See, and that's the thing. If we're gonna do six books like that, not that I can't do it, I'm just gonna need time. Right. <laughs> that's fair. Because I do read every day, so. But I mean, it'd be fun to do some of that stuff. I, I do. I really like that idea. Yeah, I was thinking shorter books, but we could definitely do longer books. And I have the Crucible around here somewhere in, in its play format. Um. I mean, okay, now we're just rambling. Do we want to say goodbye? Oh, okay, let me, yes, let me do the goodbye thing. So, so like, a couple things I'm thinking, I've thought about, and I've written them down so that I stop forgetting to say them because I feel like I don't ever remind people. Go rate our Facebook page and rate wherever you listen to us on your podcast. Ratings really help the algorithm. That's the only way people will know about us, so we really appreciate if you take time to do that. Go on the Facebook page and let us know what you want us to watch next or talk a bunch of shit with me about stuff or talk about your shit with Richard about how I couldn't watch this movie because of streaming bullshit and what you thought about our movie today and join our fucking discord. See, I remembered where we yeah. all have our own rooms I and you can come to get us support, support physical media. God damn it. Where you can come <laughs> to get us media. personally. Support physical media. Go buy my book. Go and, buy. Yeah, I was good. That was my last thing. I was going to say, and buy Kelly's book, go to Richard's a really page. fun thing, make yes, sure you buy Blu-rays. Blu-rays yeah. are important. Fucking Blu-rays? Why? <laughs> my God, we don't have time for this. We have to go. <laughs> I showed it her. Maybe that's what we should do for a talk week one of these times, is just talk about 
physical media. Yeah, physical media, the different formats, because we've got we've got books, DVD, audio cassette, like just talk about different VHS, ways. Yeah. laser discs, just video different, discs. Different ways. Yeah. But if me and you do the episode without Richard, I'll just no, Richard, be mad about all the Yeah, he needs to be there. Has to be there. I'm just saying for a talk week, we should do that, like different types of media and how you can access this stuff. Yeah, also sure. too. I did this week, I did a thing this week, I made my own personal Discord for all things books. So I, ready, I will make sure that I link it in, in my, my personal channel, in the lounge, and you guys will have to come add yourselves to that. Look yeah. it over and go find it. <laughs> <laughs> come on over, come on to our Discord. And you two aren't in it yet either, so that needs to be remedied. Oh, shit! Okay, well, that yeah. will need to be rectified. Happy Halloween, bitches! Yeah, happy Halloween, everybody! We're going to a wedding tomorrow. Halloween wedding! I get to wear a floof skirt. It goes floof! Oh my God. That's super funny. I'm going to be wearing a dress. I have, I'll put that video up. I'm going to put that video up. Oh, yeah. That video is hilarious. And I'm in a hoodie, too, guys. So it's like the outfit doesn't actually make sense, but it's just me fucking off in my kitchen, and it's it, so fun. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I am. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to wear a dress. I can't believe I said that. I haven't decided. Yeah, I'm so excited. I haven't decided if I want to wear the pants that I have with it or if I want to go down and get, like, nylons and actually, like, commit to the bit. Because we all know how I am with dresses. I'm so excited to see it, dude. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. Okay. Right. Are we ready? Goodbye. Ready. Bye. Bye, guys.